some reviews. Disney feature length films. Short cartoons. We bought VHS tapes. Every title we could. Disney is our business. Business is good. It's time. For what? To get down to business. I'm done with that shit. We're, we're not doing this anymore. No. We're done with this business. We're close, <laughs> we've closed shop. Yeah. Going out of business. Yeah. The package films were too much. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> we're liquidating. Uh, you guys can have all our VHS tapes and our VCR. Yep. Yep. Hi. Psych! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Stephanie. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I almost said I'm Kevin. Yeah, you wish. Uh, and this is Let's Get Down to Business. We are a Disney movie review podcast. Some would say one of the best. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I hear. We're barely hanging in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're like two movies away from Cinderella. Yeah, I feel like we shouldn't count down like that, though, because it's going to make it worse. Yeah. It wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. No. But that's for the review. That's for that's It's a little teaser. Mm-hmm. So, we don't really have any news or anything today. Not that I know of. Yeah. I mean, nothing important. We haven't watched <laughs> any other movies. Better Call Saul started back up. Yeah. So, that's good. <laughs> we finished Luke Cage. Um, so, we don't have a life. We pretty much just watch shit all the time. And I'm sure you guys... Do as well, so I don't know, bullshit you're me. listening to a Disney re- yeah, movie exactly. review podcast. So, so welcome to our hell. <laughs> I I like our hell. <laughs> Sometimes though, I want some fresh air. So after this, you guys are going to go take a walk. So yeah. Anyway, today we have a something me- you've never heard of because I hadn't. No, I heard. I hear it's a dilly dilly delight. <laughs> <laughs> so timely. Dilly dilly. Um, we have our feature movie today is So Dear to My Heart, which sounds pretty cheesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the short that we're doing is a Mickey Mouse one called Through the Mirror. Yeah, not through the looking glass. No, as I made that mistake several <laughs> times while searching for it. Don't know how much time has passed. What? <laughs> it's a Stone Sour reference. Oh, why would you even bring them up? It was a joke. Mm. Good God. Anyway. <laughs> I was thinking today we need transition music. Yeah. So keep singing. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, You're putting me on the spot. Yeah. So impersonations and singing you can't do on the spot, apparently. Yeah. It's not that I can't. I just don't want to. <laughs> anyway, Through the Mirror, created in, released in, excuse me, 1936. Yeah. You were awake for this one. Yeah. Do you want to give the rundown this time? I mean, I can if you want me to. I have Wait, are you are you trying to foreshadow right now? Are you trying to say that I was not awake during the movie? No. Because you'd be right. I fell asleep again. <laughs> I did not mean to. I swear to God, you guys, and, I was trying like... And you didn't even eat a big meal beforehand. I mean, I kind of did a little you bit. You did? But, yeah. Well, it was a few hours before because... I don't, I don't know what my problem is, but... As far as the short goes, have to get you a sleep study. It is Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse through the mirror, not through the looking glass. Don't know how much time has passed. And speaking uh, of sleep, yeah, it starts off with Mickey. Yeah, and he's and he's, he's in sleeping, bed. He's you know? asleep. He's got this book in his hands. You might have heard of it. You know, it's Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. And 
uh, he's supposed to be dreaming, but it looks like his soul is leaving his body. Like an astral projection. Yeah, it was kind of weird. And so uh, Mickey's soul leaves his body. He rolls over to his dresser and walks through the mirror. It's like it, it seems like it was sticky or something like that. Or yeah. he's trying to get through a film. And he gets through it, and all of a sudden he's just thrust into this kind of dream world. But it, it doesn't strike you immediately that it's like that. Uh, it looks just like his it, own it, house. Yeah. I mean, the furniture looks the same. I think you notice that the chair has some eyes, but they're closed, mm-hmm. so it's not as apparent. Well, when he steps down onto the furniture, like everything goes crazy, and he sees that everything is alive. And he almost stumbles onto this little ottoman, but it's like a dog. So it's barking at him, and all the, the chairs, and I think uh, I think there's a table as well, yeah. are aghast that he's trying to use them. I don't know. So basically what's going on is all the furniture has come alive. Yeah. And what happens, or what ends up happening, is there's a nutcracker mm-hmm. that's cracking, cracking, nuts. cracking nuts. And it tosses aside... The nut part, and then the and nutcracker. It eats the shell. Yeah, it's eating it, it the shell. It puts it into its mouth. <laughs> the nutcracker has a mouth. So Mickey's and, well, like, no, and, and you got to say it correctly because we're not talking about like nutcracker sweet esque like people mm-hmm. nutcrackers. Like no, this is like the device, the metal one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's also got a mouth. So it eats the nutcracker shell, leaving the nut behind. And Mickey's like, "Well, don't mind if I do." And he eats the nut. Yeah. And just like in Alice in Wonderland, he starts tripping. Yeah, he he gets really large. Yeah. Like he grows and he fills up the room, and then all of a sudden he shrinks. He shrinks. Down. <laughs> so now way have, down. Now you have a tiny Mickey, and there's like a really cute part where there's an it's an old fashioned telephone because obviously yeah. this is 1936. And he kind of talks to the telephone, and then he uses the cable of the telephone to do, like, skip rope mm-hmm. or jump rope. So there's some cute stuff with that. And then he moves along to the next scene where there's some, like, fancy gloves yeah, kind of like Yeah, kind of like the gloves that he wears occasionally yeah. when he's, like, dressed up. And, they, and he dances with them. Yeah, there's, like, some Fred Astaire dancing. Yeah. dancing. Like, tap. And then there he finds a deck of cards and he they, he gets shuffled inside of them. Yeah. So that's that but, was But not fun, crushed. So. No, he's just kind of flipping around with the cards. And at this point I'm thinking, so there's been an ashtray and there's some cards mm-hmm. and there's poker chips. So are we to take it that Mickey gambles and plays poker and smokes with, with the boys? I mean I kind of figured that was the case since he doesn't have any kids and we've seen that he gallivants. He does have nephews. He's, he's an actor. A lot okay. of nephews. I've, I've heard about Hollywood. I know how this works. <laughs> he got sucked in. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the cards are there. And then he ends up dancing with the Queen of Hearts mm-hmm. card. And King of Hearts. This is legit dancing, too, you guys. Yeah. He's getting up on it. Yeah. And the King of Hearts is like, no way. And she's like, if you like it, put a ring on it. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> King's not having it. If you like it, put a crown on it, babe. King's not having it. So, the king ends up sword fighting with Mickey. Mm-hmm. But it's not just... Like, one sword, you know how playing cards have, like, a top and bottom mm-hmm. face? They each have a sword. <laughs> so they're double sorting. Sorting? Yeah. Du- dual wielding, dual I think, is what you're trying wielding to say. With Mickey. And it's not- he gets a needle out of, like, a, a thimble of... Or not thimble, but uh, a thing of string. Yeah, like a sewing yeah. thing. We don't sew. Yeah. So he fences with the king and knocks his swords away and owns the shit out of him. And then the king's, like, calling all cards. And the call goes out. So all the deck of cards come out from, like, the drawers and the mm-hmm. tables and come to Mickey and are chasing after him. 
And there's like a pretty cool chase scene yeah. going on with that. Like they're they're throwing the, the diamonds and the clubs and stuff like that on their cards <laughs> at him, so they're blank. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey barely escapes, and as this is going on, the phone is ringing and it's calling for the police. But as astral projection spirit ghost Mickey returns, it ends up being his alarm clock. Mm-hmm. So that's what that ringing. And he is. answers his alarm clock. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just goes back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> It was a good dream. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that whole <laughs> uh-huh. alarm clock snooze, hitting the snooze button. So, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fucking awesome. Like, I was thinking while we were watching it, I was like, this this is probably easily the best short we've watched. Yeah. I, think I, don't, I don't know if you felt that way, but I, I, I think like head and shoulders. I feel like they kind of hit their stride in this like mid-30s. Mm-hmm. Because we have this, the pet store. Gulliver Mickey. Gulliver Mickey. Like, there are some really good ones in here. Mm-hmm. And I like that, like, they're not original stories, no. but they take something and they make it their own. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they add Mickey Mouse into it and then... Yeah, yeah. like Gulliver Travels or Alice in Wonderland. Like, they're mm-hmm. adapting Putting Mickey a twist to on it. it. So, yeah, I really like this one a yeah, lot. I thought and, it was really well done. It was funny. Like, the, uh, I don't want to say action, but the choreography... Yeah. Type stuff was really good. It the was animation was really smooth. Yeah. For the 30s. Or yeah, 30s, for 1936. It, it was that, was, great. that was really impressed. Yeah. So if you can, like, search this out, it's it's really good. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's through the mirror, but through is spelled T H R U for whatever reason. On the poster for it, it's spelled the right way, but yeah. when you search for it, it's spelled it's differently. People are idiots. <laughs> okay. Um, so it was about, I'd say, eight, eight and a half, eight minutes long. I think so. So, yeah, check it out, guys. It was, it was a really good one. Let us know what you think about that one. Um, that leads us into... Our feature film for the week. See, this is when we need, like, theme music. Here's our fucking feature film! No, I, I, we should record that little clip of, like, the VHS when it's like, dear, 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 And then we can launch into the... Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. We're we're on episode what fourteen? We need to have like special effects. I don't know. I feel like we should keep it like punk <laughs> and simple. We're, we can't sell out yet. We're like a zine. Yeah. We're like in its raw oh, raw form. You guys, we're so raw right now. <laughs> anyway, let's get down to business. Let's chat serious business about a movie called "So Dear to My Heart." You goddamn right. It's so dear. It's <laughs> so dear, babe. <laughs> this was released in 1949. It was 82 minutes long. It did not originally make profit. What? No, it didn't. That's so shocking for a Disney movie. I know. And it made it back, though, in rentals and re-releases, so there's that. Yeah. That's pretty much everything, though. That's kind of how that shit works. Yeah. So, at least they they got some money back on it. Um, It's adapted from a children's book called Midnight in Jeremiah, which was written by Sterling North. Mm -hmm. He's written some other things, but I can't remember what they are because I've never read them. Okay. Yeah. And this movie was originally meant to be in all live action, but the distributor is RKO. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things that I read. One was that the RKO salesman was like, no, it's going to be too hard to market or sell a Disney movie without cartoons. Which is fair. Yeah. That's fair. The second thing that I read that it could have been or is, 
is that there in the contract with RKO, it said that the movies shall be animated cartoon or may be part animated cartoon and part live action. There was no clause in there yeah. for just straight live action. But I do think when you hear Disney movie... You think animation. You do. Yeah. So you think a cartoon. So I... I don't know. I mean, we'll get into how we felt about the cartoon segments in this. Yeah. Uh, for this movie, they got Harold Schuster to direct. He directed My Friend Flicka. You know what Flicka is? <laughs> uh, is it a horse? It is. Okay. Good job, babe. So Disney and his kids were huge fans of that movie. Mm-hmm. I guess he had a home theater back then. I don't doubt it. And so they would watch this movie all the time. (laughs) So Harold Schuster was lent to Disney from 20th Century Fox, which it all comes back around because Disney just bought Fox. So it didn't matter. It's a long game. So I read some things about this film. So you ready? Yeah. It was so hot when they were doing some of these summer filming that temperatures were getting like up to and past 100 degrees. They had 27 greensmen who were watering <laughs> the plants and the dirt and everything so that every morning things would look fresh and green. Yeah. It was so hot that the cast and extras were suffering because they had like period costumes. Yeah. It's taking place in like 1903, 1904. It was so hot for them, but there was <laughs> cool air pumped into the animal paddocks. Oh, well, yeah. So, Got to take care of the animals. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure they went in there like that was like an area where they could go yeah. and like cool off. But yeah, I can't imagine having a costume on in hundred degree weather. That's what you get paid for, man. Sorry. got to be a pro. Ugh. Especially with those kids. Do you think they had like union reps for kid actors back then? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your girl Beulah Bondi. <laughs> We've decided on Beulah, right? Yeah, that's absolutely Beulah. Is I don't know what else it could be. Beulah? No. Balua? <laughs> Baloo? No, we're not there yet. Beulah Bondi was 56. Okay. So she was playing a grandma, and she's 56 years old. That's plausible. Okay. Um, She had to learn how to take care of sheep and plow a field and do wool and weave. Holy shit. She didn't know how to do any... Isn't that convincing? Yeah, that's... that's... She did a great job. Yeah, it was... She was really convincing. The other thing about an actor in this movie, Harry Carey... Not that Harry Carey. Not that one. But the other Harry Carey died... Before this film was released, he was the judge. Okay. So when we start talking about the fair at the end, he was yeah. the judge in the, in the fair. A pretty important character. Yeah. In but, the in the scope of things. But he died before this movie was even released. Okay. Okay. All right, babe. Let's get into the actual movie. The actual movie. I know that was a lot of facts. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was surprised because when we were doing the package films, I couldn't find shit about no. them. No, and why would you? Because yeah. who fucking cares? So I do feel like already this gives gets a. Plus for yeah, having some research. Just having background and, and mythos. Yeah. So that was fun. All right. So, So Dear to My Heart. It starts off with a scrapbook. So I thought this was very, like, callback to Snow White mm-hmm. when you open up the book and you kind of pan into the story. Yeah. We have a scrapbook. And it's kind of going through just things that have happened in his life. Like, it's it's the boy, Jer- Jeremy. Jeremiah? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Um, it's his scrapbook and it's just stuff from his life. And then it turns into live action and we have uh, a train arriving at a station. Well, I would say, first of all, it starts with like a rural setting. Yeah. And you see like a general store and stuff like that. It gives you the layout of the town. And then, yeah, you you get into the train actually arriving at the station. The train station. Um, so the big news that's happening is Dan Patch, the racehorse. 
His train yeah, is not, not a guy. It's a horse. Yeah, it's a horse. His train arrives, and they need to give the racehorse a little bit of a stretch, or yeah. a break. So they stop the train there. They're so lucky that they get the presence of this horse, and they pull the horse out, and they let him kind of trot around and mm-hmm. whatnot. And he has something wrong with his horseshoe. Yep. And so one of the, one of the nails, I think, is uh, yeah. They, they said they have to like reclinch or something, recinch. Mm-hmm. I don't know something. We don't know horses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> something with his horseshoe. So Jeremiah's uncle, whose name is Uncle Hi- Hiram, mm-hmm. Uncle Hiram, is a blacksmith. He is. So he's like, oh, I can take care of that. And I said to you. What person is going to let their racehorse be taken care of by some town folk? Well, I think it might have been different way back in the day. Because obviously nowadays, like, you're talking multi-million dollars and, and things like that and specialization. But back in the day, you probably took it where you can get it. Yeah. I was just expecting these, like, <clears throat> snooty rich horse people to be like, get away from my horse. Yeah. He's a winner. He's a million-dollar winner. <laughs> um, but anyway, Uncle fixes his horseshoe. Uh, Jeremiah feeds him an apple. And, and he's they, super enamored by Dan Patch because that's like his hero. Yeah, he like loves this horse. And Uncle Hiram, they're like, what do we owe you for fixing this horseshoe? And he's like, oh, I'll just keep this horseshoe nail. That's it. Yeah. He doesn't want any money. No, that's all he wants. So he keeps it and you find out that he turns it into like a ring for Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. So Jeremiah's wearing this ring. And he decides, Jeremiah, that his dream is... To own a racehorse. Yeah. He wants to raise... He wants to raise a colt. Yeah. And, yeah. And raise it to, to do racing. He has to ask, or get up the courage to ask Granny, though. Because mm-hmm. what they have is a mule. And not a horse. So <laughs> they live on a farm. This mule is useful. And it's Granny just, don't have no use for that shit. It's just him and Granny. Mm-hmm. And then he has Tildy. Yeah. Ooh, is, is that like a cousin? They never. Really I assume so because because she, she's always with Uncle Hiram. Yeah, so I, she's, she doesn't live at the house. No, so I just assume maybe it's Uncle Hiram's daughter. Yeah, that's what I, I, okay. I thought. Just wanted to get that confer. Yeah, because Tildy, I think I'm saying her name right. Yeah, uh, was being played by Luanna Patton, mm-hmm. so. who you also know because they've been in these fucking movies. Yeah, that's the only child actors that Disney hires now. Yeah, it's just Granny. And all and the three of them, where are their fucking parents? Uh, I don't think it's ever explained. Okay. I didn't know if he was just there for the summer, but he's there the whole time. Yeah. So, okay. They're fucking dead. Yeah. We're, <laughs> I guess we're starting this whole, like, orphan thing off yeah. really quick here. It's it's very poor. <laughs> it's, it's lazy writing, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So, it's just Granny, and she does all the work. She's the one hoeing the fields and weaving and whatnot. So, she's like... I'm not going to trade my fucking mule for yeah, a mare. Why would I do that? Yeah, this like, fucking thing actually helps out around the fucking house. Unlike useful. you, you little shithead. Yeah, he is a shit. And uh, the the mule has a name. His name is General Jackson. <laughs> why the fuck would you get rid of That's an awesome name for an well, awesome mule. I wouldn't get rid of him. It's not, if you had a horse that had that name, it'd probably be a lot better. Yeah. So Jeremiah is basically just giving Grandma a bunch of grief about this mule and uh, he's wide awake, and he's like, well, what about the lambs? Because I guess the sheep are going to have lambs. Yeah. And she's like, well, we'll go check on them, and you might as well come with me because you're wide awake and full of ginger. Mm-hmm. So they go check on these lambs. And all the sheep have new lambs, mm-hmm. and one of them has twins. <gasps> and all these lambs, as Grandma says, are pert and sassy. <laughs> Except for the one. One of the twins is a black sheep. Yep. So, yeah. Uh... 
Mama Sheep doesn't like the black lamb. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, she just starts. Like, Jeremiah gets in there, and he's kind of nursing the calf. And he's holding on to it, creating it. And he's trying to, because uh, the other calves are getting milk from their moms. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I want to get this other one some milk. So he, he rolls her up, uh, or it, I guess, because it's a boy, to the mom, and she's having none of it. And she, like, rams into, yeah, into Jeremiah, like, him. repeatedly. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering how those how those takes went when they were actually filming because it's fucking it's owning so Bobby Driscoll. Schuster said that the the lambs or the the lamb I don't know were the hardest actors to work with. I on wouldn't the set, it. Which I thought like They're probably loud as fuck. I thought the training of these lambs. I'm sure they used a lot of like force and mm-hmm. punishment. But knowing now, because I, I work with dogs, how much training goes into training an animal to do even the simplest of tasks. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, Mama Sheep's not taking it. And Grandma's basically giving this speech about how you got to let nature run its course. Yeah. And that's just how it is. This, this is the way God wants it, she And says. Jeremiah sneaks off with that black lamb. And she finds him in the house with it. And she nags him. But here's the thing about Granny. She nags and she talks tough. But she always gives in. She's a softie. She is. She really is. She, she's a real grandma. So as she's nagging him about, like, I don't want my house to smell like sheep, blah, 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 she's getting a bottle ready for yeah. him. So she hands him a bottle, and there we can see that uh, Jeremiah is going to be best friends with this lamb. Mm-hmm. So he reworks his scrapbook, because he's been working on a scrapbook, and he takes Dan Patch out How of the scrapbook. How the fuck could you? That's Dan Patch. It's Dan, Dan fucking Patch, babe. <laughs> And uh, he instead puts in a picture of a lamb, and then he crosses out Dan Patch's name and writes Danny. So we have Danny the Lamb. That's right. And this launches us into our first animated segment, which has an owl. Mm-hmm. Looks like the owl from the Disney sing-along songs. Yeah. And he pretty much is just singing a song about... It's what you do with what you got. So you're not getting the racehorse, but you have a sheep. Yeah. So what do you... Make the best of the situation. What are you going to do with it? So that's our animated segment. There's a song. Cuts to, uh, like, like later on. Yeah. Because it goes through, like, seasons. It shows... To, to Danny being a piece of shit. Yeah. Now he's older and he's, you know, a ram or whatever. They still call him a lamb, though. So he might yeah. not be that older. And because of Dan being a shithead and running through screen doors and being a terror, uh, Jeremiah's neglecting to do his chores. <laughs> so grandma's not too happy about this. Um, so for whatever reason, Jeremiah decides to take Danny to the store. Do you remember this part? Were you asleep? Uh, You're looking at me like. No, yeah, I, I remember that part. Yep. Okay. So he takes Danny to the store and they don't show him in the store. They yep. just show the outside, it's the like exterior. Bull, bull in a china shop. Yeah, you hear type things of shit. crashing and people yelling. And then they end up at Uncle Hiram's, and Jeremiah's like, it's not his fault. He spooked him, and then he fell into the eggs, and blah, blah. And, uh, yeah. Basically, Uncle Hiram's like, you got to make this sheep into, like, a winner. Like, you got to do something with it, you know? Because he's trouble, and Grandma wants to get rid of him. Yep. So he tries to talk. Jeremiah into taking him to the county fair mm-hmm. because he's like, yeah, there's going to be a blue ribbon and you'll win a cash prize. And I'm pretty sure back then everyone needed cash. Probably. Shit. Yeah. Jeremiah takes Danny to a field and he's with his cousin, we're guessing, Tildy. Tildy. 
Tilly, who has some buck teeth going on. Come on. No, I just, she looks so different, and I think it's because her teeth are growing in. Yeah. Um, so they're at this field, and Danny's pulling a little red wagon, and this is when you were asleep. So, you guys, I'm explaining this to you let, and Kevin. Don't let her bust me out like this. So, I was there. All right, Kevin. So this is the part you missed. Okay. So they take Danny to a field, and there's, like, railroad tracks up above. Like, they're on, like, a little bridge mm-hmm. or whatever. And they're hanging out by this pond. And the train comes and toots its train horn whistle. It's whistle. Yeah. And it spooks Danny. <laughs> so Danny flips the fuck out because he's got no chill. And he runs, and he still has the wagon attached. And he runs all the way home. And he runs through the screen door, which Uncle Hiram just fixed. And he's running through the house, and he runs onto the porch where Grandma's weaving. And he knocks over her loom. He breaks her rocking chair. He pulls the laundry down from the clothesline, and that gets trampled. And it's just chaos. They don't kill this motherfucker? Right? Some lamb chops or something? <laughs> I don't know. Some kebabs? Granny's got some patience. Yeah. Gee whiz, Danny. He's just... He's a nightmare. Well, that night, Granny is like... Like, she's ready to get rid of this thing. She's tired of it. Well, that night, she goes out because Danny or Jeremiah's not in his room. Mm-hmm. So she finds Jeremiah sleeping, snuggled up to Danny in the, like, barn. Or yeah. So then she changes her mind. She's a softie. She she talks a lot of, a lot of game. She's a softie. So what they end up doing is Hiram builds him a new pen. And uh, they're all excited for that. <laughs> And hopefully this it'll, will it'll contain this his will ass. contain him. Okay. So now we're inside and what's his name? Uncle Hiram is mm-hmm. singing a song, playing guitar. And this is when he sings Lavender Blue. Okay. So this is the song that won or not won, but was nominated for an Academy Award. And they're kind of finding a way to bring up to grandma the, the county fair because they know she won't want to go yeah. and won't allow them to go. So they're trying to sneak it in. It's not going to work. Yeah. So Uncle Hiram brings it up and she was like, well, of course you guys want to go. I can tell because the kids are doing dishes without being asked. You know, like what kids do. And Uncle Hiram's trying to convince her like, oh, well, but if you take your kivers, I bet your kivers would win a prize. And I have no fucking clue what kivers are at this point. <laughs> I think it's, like, something that she's sewn, like a yeah. quilt, but I didn't look up the word, and I don't know her, and I don't care. Anyway, um, so he's just kind of, like, goading her a little bit, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, telling her, like, well, I bet you can't can't dance like they do at the fair, blah, 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 and she's like, well, I can outdance you. So then they have a little dancing competition. Yeah. Doesn't ring a bell at all? You don't remember this? Nope. Okay. You're, you're pretty, you're out. I kept trying to nudge you. I, I, I didn't feel like I was out for that long. Okay. So they dance, and then she's still kind of, you know, on the fence about this fair. So, because she's not, you know, it costs money. Yeah. Like, it co- you're going to have to get on the train. That costs money. The entrance fee is going to cost money. So that's kind of where they leave it. So Bobby goes, Bobby. Uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Sorry, Bobby. Jeremiah goes back to his scrapbook. And he's kind of mad because he wants to be in the fair. So he's ready to give up, but the owl in his scrapbook is giving him a pep talk. Hell yeah. And you know who he uses as a prime example of how why you should never give up? Um, I don't know. Chris fucking Columbus. Yeah, why wouldn't you? I don't know. 
He sailed a pretty long way, babe. I guess. He sailed a long way. And just as he was about to give up, he used his stick to ativity. Yeah. So there's a song about stick to ativity. Okay. As we know it as stick to itiveness. <laughs> so, I would call it tenacity. Tenacity. But... Rigor. <laughs> Gumption. Grit. Grit. Gumption. <laughs> um, so Chris Columbus used his stick to ativity, you know, to discover America and pilfer and rape and. Come on. Whatever. So then he gives another example of a person, and this is when you woke up. Yeah. Because I was like, who the fuck and it's, is... And, it, and it's a good thing that I woke up because she doesn't know what the fuck. No. Um, Robert Bruce? Yeah. You guys would know Robert as Robert the Bruce, uh, if you've ever seen Braveheart Which I before. Yeah, she hasn't. Because like I said, she's seen nothing. Add it to the list. <laughs> All right. So he talks about Robert Bruce and his stick to activity. And you get to see the sick ass Scottish spider. It's like a leprechaun spider. It's awesome. It's got like a be- red it's got, beard. It's got the sick ass kilt. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Basically, the point of all this was don't give up, just yeah. stick to it. So Jeremiah's like, I'm gonna make some money. So he tries to sell some stuff at the store, the general store. Yeah. And the guy's like, like he only gives him a few cents. Mm-hmm. Was it like eighteen cents or something? I think it was two cents per, and he had eighteen, so it was like thirty six cents. Yeah. And he only had saved up like $2. Like, it wasn't adding up to much. So the guy was like, I tell you what, if you can get some honey, some raw honey, Mm -hmm. I will give you 10 cents a pound for that honey. Yeah. And, of course, Jeremiah's like, okay. And he just runs off to go get some honey. And the guy that's in the store with him, or this, like, old guy, says to the store owner, like, wow, you're really wasting that boy's time. And the store owner is what's, like... What's time to a boy? What's time to a boy? What a shithead. <laughs> so basically, he's just... Yeah, he's leading him on. And and also, I mean, like, with something like this, that seems very dangerous. It's like, oh, yeah, just go fucking find some beehives, kid. No big deal. I know. Whenever I think of beehives, I think of my girl. Right. And how that ended. So then I'm just or like... Or like the Wicker Man. What? It's that Nicolas Cage movie with the bees on his face. What? God damn it. I make it a point not to watch Nick Cage movies. Well, that's because you're an asshole. <laughs> So basically, they head for the swamp because that's where the bees are headed. I, I thought they were going to drain it, but drain the swamp. <laughs> um, there's a bog hole, which I don't know why that's dangerous. Probably just because you get sucked in. You don't want to play in a bog. Yeah, I mean seriously. Is it like quicksand where you just get sucked in? I kind of assume so. Yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. like a, a lot of mud. Well, anyway, he's like, "Watch out, Tildy! That's a bog hole." <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean they're just waiting around yeah. the swamp. And they go just like way far into the swamp looking for, uh, they're following a bee. That's, yeah. that's the whole impetus to this whole thing is that they're trying to follow a bee to its home, which, which would be like a tree. And we know all about swamps because we live in Michigan. Yeah, absolutely. It's pure Michigan. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they end up finding where this bee is going, which is this giant tree. And then it cuts to Uncle Hiram. Yeah, Uncle Hiram. He just shows up and cuts that fucker down. Well, they don't show that happening. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah. No, Uncle Hiram and Jeremiah are in a wagon with two giant, like, barrels. Full of, of honey. Of honey. And everyone shows up to see what's going on because they got paid 22 Fucking dollars. $22. Boys. What up, boys? That's a lot of money for back then. Jeremiah's like, yeah, now I can take my lamb to the fair and get, get that blue ribbon and win a prize. And this little shithead kid 
Probably one of those boys from uh, Song of the South. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. This little shithead kid is like, yeah, you'll get a booby prize. <laughs> and Jeremiah's like, I'm taking the lamb, not you. Which I thought was a great comeback. Yeah. He's quick, that kid. Um, and there's some shoving going on. Fucking but then roasted. Jeremiah shoves him and he falls into the honey. Ass first. Yep, so his ass. And, the, and then the shop owner like <laughs> is trying to save the honey. So he's like brushing the honey off the kid's ass back into the bucket. But he says, like, yeah, we'll have to send this honey to the city. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that. Joke. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the city's gonna get the shit stuff? Yeah, it seemed very spiteful. So they get back home until Dia's missing. She was trying to feed Danny, Danny ran away, and Jeremiah's only thinking of himself in that blue ribbon, so he's pretty mad. Yeah. He's like, well, why was she feeding my... My lamb. Yeah. And Grandma's like, Tildy is missing. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? So Jeremiah goes off. Um, Tildy ends up coming back. She found her way home. But the storm is coming, and Granny's like, well, Jeremiah's a big boy. He can take care of himself. And he's not that big, though, you guys. <laughs> no, he's not. This is a different time, though. Yeah. This is before helicopter parenting. I guess. So, yeah. Helicopter grandparenting. <laughs> so the storm happens, and Jeremiah comes home, and he can't find Danny anywhere, and he's really upset. And he's in bed, he's all tucked in, he's talking to Granny about it, and she's telling him, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh. And Jeremy's, Jeremiah's like, well, the Lord can't have him. <laughs> and ooh, that sets Granny off. Fuck yeah, it does. She's, a little heretic. She is like, you love blue ribbons and cash rewards more than you love the Lord, and you're burdening the Lord with your requests, and yada yada. She really just lays it on. Yeah. Thick, so. It's kind of how that works. Yeah. So the next day, Jeremiah finds Danny. He's crying, or, or no, Tildy is crying, yes. because he told her we're no longer going to the fair. Yeah. That's why she's So crying. Grandma goes to investigate. Grandma's like, like, why aren't you going to the fair? And Jeremiah says, well, I promised God if he found Danny that I wouldn't take him to the fair. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's very, very sweet, right. you know? That's kind of selfless. Yeah, it's for, for however age, yeah. is he like 10? I don't I know how so. old this kid is. And Granny, of course, is like, oh, like, you know. So she wants to make him feel better. And it's, I mean, this is all her bullshit anyway. She tells Jeremiah that she promised God. Like simultaneously. Yeah, that they could go to the fair if he was found. Yeah. So basically. So it's okay. Giving him. Yeah. And she's like, Lord, forgive me. Or whatever. <laughs> So, we get one more animated segment of the scrapbook, mm -hmm. and it's about the fair day. Nothing really happens in that one. Yeah. But we get cut to the fair, and we're kind of in that sheep pen, and the judge is calling up all the sheep. And they're describing their sheeps, where they're from, what their lineage is. Yeah, like, each person is like, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so farm, and the parents of this lamb is the Duke of blah, blah, blah. Like, they all have fancy pedigree names. Mm -hmm. And they get to Danny. Jeremiah yeah. and Danny. Jeremiah yeah. and Danny. Yep. Yeah, why they, you gotta not name this sheep a fucking person's name, because it's really throwing me off. Jeremiah mm -hmm. has Danny. And so he, the judge is like, Jeremiah Kincaid. And Danny's like, well, I mean. Jeremiah's like. God damn it. The, the, the lamb doesn't talk, you guys. God damn it. Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah is like, well, my lamb doesn't have no fancy parentage. And he's just a humble lamb, you know. As he's talking, the, the ram goes off, or the lamb goes off, mm -hmm. and it like. Headbutts the judge in the ass in the behind because he's bent over looking at another lamb. Um, so as you can imagine, Danny and Jeremiah lose. 
They do not win yeah. first place. They don't get a blue blue ribbon. But in a twist here, the judge comes out and stops him and is like, "Wait a second, son." Mm-hmm. And he tells him, "You know, like there there's really a difference when you put extra care into fine livestock. Mm-hmm. Like it really does make a difference." When he's saying that the big thing with uh, Danny, the reason that why he wasn't considered is because he's a black sheep and black wool. There's is, no demand. Yeah, it's a harder sell than yeah. the traditional white wool. But he can tell that he put a lot of work into him. Like, he's sturdy mm-hmm. and strong and, you know. And he tells him, you know, it's what you do with what you got. So it all comes back mm-hmm. to the beginning. So there's a special message. Mm-hmm. And so he tells the crowd, we haven't done this award in four years, but we're going to give a special award, a merit award, to you and your lamb mm-hmm. because of whatever. His effort and the, yeah. the circumstances. As you said, a participation award. Well, I mean, <laughs> I <laughs> I don't think that, but some would. That's what you said to me. I'm, I'm just you said saying. it. Kevin said it. She said, oh, it's a participation award. Anyway, oh, gee. The train arrives at the home station and everyone is gathered around. And Uncle Hiram is like, you know, gather around. We have a prize lamb on this train. And uh, the general store owner is like, we're going to have a party with soda pop and watermelon. And everyone's invited, even the lamb. Come on, Danny. And then ends. Yeah. And that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. Soda pop and watermelon for everybody. Soda pop and watermelon. <laughs> or as we call it here, pop. pop. That's pop. Pop. <laughs> pop and watermelon. Yeah, so that was so, so dear. dear to my heart. It is so dear to my heart and to Walt Disney's heart or something. <laughs> I don't know. So, Walt Disney. He, from what I read, this is one of his favorites. It really is. Um, I would talk shit, but from what you've told me, my uh, likes, as far as what I've enjoyed of the Disney, Disney movies thus far, kind of align with his. Yeah. Because you said he lo- he fucking loves Dumbo. It's like one of his favorite movies. And uh, he loved like Figaro. And yeah. I think was, there's one or two other things. So yeah. the reason he loved it so much. So the movie takes place in Indiana. Yeah. What's not to love? <laughs> right. Uh, Indiana. Um, but he grew up in Missouri. So the Midwest. Okay. So he related to a lot of like what was going on. He said like this was the life that my brother and I had. Um, the great racehorse Dan Patch was a hero to us. So, like, that was just his childhood. Yeah. He ended up taking the barn from the film, and they they put that barn in Walt Disney's backyard. Oh, nice. And he used it as, like, a workshop. Yeah. Like, hang out in it. The railroad station that's in this movie went into the backyard of animator Ward Kimball. He rebuilt it. And then they put a model of it in Frontierland in Disneyland. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then a couple other things, just accolades-wise... Uh, Lavender Blue, which is a song sung by Burl Ives, was nominated for an Academy Award. And your boy, Robert Cletus Driscoll. (laughs) Otherwise known as Bobby Driscoll. Bobby Driscoll. Um, He received a special juvenile award from the Academy. (laughs) Honoring him as the Outstanding Juvenile Actor of 1949. Yeah, man. Yeah. His acting has... You know. It's progressed. Yeah. It's yeah. getting better. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. Let's look at our rankings. Well, first... Yeah, what did you think about it? God damn. Take I'm it just going to go straight to the rankings. We're done. Yeah. We got stuff to, We got a walk to take. Like, rushing shit is usually my thing. We got shit to do. Okay. All right. Um, you missed a good good chunk of it there. 
Well, but, I was going to say, like... But aside from that... When when I watched it, I was thinking... Because uh, I, I didn't know how long I slept. I didn't think it was that long. It wasn't too too much. But I missed most of the animation. Because when, when I was watching it, I was yeah. thinking, man, you know, like, they say this is like a, a, a hybrid, but it's mostly live action. And even, even uh, with the stuff that I saw, it's mostly live action. Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of... Not really a separate category from the other stuff that we've seen, but it's definitely differentiated because of that. It's a hybrid. Um, but because, but from just from what I'd seen, uh, I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would, honestly. Do you think it's because Josh set the bar so low for it? I think that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Josh. And I, I think we're going to fall into that trap when we get to Cinderella. Because we're like, oh, yay, fucking finally we get to Cinderella. And like, I'm going to hate it. But or I already something. know I like Cinderella. Okay. All just right. from my childhood. That's good. But no, I, I I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, I thought the characters were, I don't know, I don't want to say convincing, but they were like you could you could sympathize and empathize with them. Like Uncle Hiram, you know, was super positive and supportive. Like I liked his songs and Granny, even if she was a hard ass and like proselytizing at times, like she was kind hearted and like still took care of the kids and everything like that. Uh, Jeremiah, even when he was being a shithead, like he could, he, he still like, like cared for this lamb. He's still a good kid. Yeah. Even, even though the lamb is absolutely a piece of shit. Like Danny, Danny sucks. There's, (laughs) there's no two ways about it, but, but just like overall, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was a cute movie. I think that's, that's the best way to say it. And the ending, you know, it's a, it's a cool, positive little 1949 message. I mean, you can't hate on that. So, yeah, overall, I I liked it. It was kind of like rooting for that underdog type thing Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, it's a black sheep and here are these, like, beautiful, white, perfectly trimmed Mm -hmm. sheep. Um, So you're kind of like, yeah, I hope he gets first place. (laughs) He doesn't. And I think the ending is satisfying because you can tell, like, the judge is rewarding him for his hard work. And he did work really hard. Yeah. Overall, I think the kid's acting has improved. Mm -hmm. I really liked... um, uh, Bro Ives. Yeah. I really liked Bro Ives. Uh, with the music, you brought up the music. So mm-hmm. there are times where um, Uncle Hiram is just singing songs about like whatever's happening or what he's yeah. doing. And I thought that was really funny. The animation was really good, but I do think you could take it out and still mm-hmm. have the same story. So yep. you didn't really miss that much. Set design, costume looked really good. Overall, yeah, I liked it. I didn't, I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah. I thought it was cute. I really relate to the whole, like, bringing home an animal that (laughs) one person doesn't want to live there. Yeah, so weird. It's a kindred spirit. I know. How many dogs have I brought home? Oh, my God. (laughs) So, I, I don't know. I, Honestly, and this is going to be a stretch, but it reminded me of a Miyazaki film in the way that you don't have an antagonist. Yeah. You don't have like a monster or like something you have to fight. Mm-hmm. There's no overly dramatic scenes. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a simple like here is a glimpse into life on the farm yep. back in 1900s. Yep. So it, in a way it reminded me of how like Miyazaki movies are very subtle. Yep. That's how this reminded me. Like I that's that's that. what this was to me. I could see that. So it was very There's no cat buses in here though. Yes. Yeah. It was very heartwarming. Um a lot of people say like it's too saccharine, but I didn't even think it was that. I didn't think it was that no. bad. So I I I do I, I liked it quite a bit yeah. actually. So, yeah. 
Um, with that being Let's get said, to them rankings. We'll get the rankings. Now, I've been looking at my rankings, and I'm going to tell you that... So She's struggling over I'm this because she sucks. There's three movies that I just don't know what to do with them, and that's Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, and Dumbo. Like, they're just kind of in this clump that... And you guys know how incensed I am yeah, at I, that Yeah, I just don't know what to do, like... I sometimes I think, oh, maybe I should bump Dumbo up one, or like yep. I, I just don't know what to do. So right now they're Couple gonna few. we'll just call them a three way tie. I don't uh, even know what to do with them. Unfucking believable. <laughs> but for mine, I like this. I mean, I didn't really like Song of the South at all. I thought this was a better live action movie. Yeah, absolutely. I don't um, think that's and up I think for it's because it it got into it quicker mm-hmm. the story. And it had an actual story arc, mm-hmm. which I feel like Song of the South was just telling stories like yeah. like it's episodic. So that's and you don't have to deal with the stigma for this one, right? <laughs> and we both fell asleep. Yeah, so it was slow. Um, but so dear to my heart, I think I would put it after Snow White. Mm-hmm. So it would be Pinocchio, Bambi, Three Caballeros, Reluctant Dragon, Snow White. So dear to my heart. So it would be sixth. Okay. Because I, I really did like it quite a bit. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think I, I would probably slot it, and I know this is going to sound awkward because we shit on it so hard when we watched it, but I have Fantasia at number seven and Three Caballeros just ahead of that. Um, I'm going to put So Dear to My Heart right behind Fantasia, but just in front of The Reluctant Dragon. Because like I said, I, I find this more of a live action film than even a hybrid. So even, even though I think it's, uh, it's quality and I liked it, I think Fantasia just for the purposes of Disney, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the animation is superior. Um, but I did like this more than something like the, the reluctant dragon or, or the majority of the, uh, package films that we've seen so far. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's worth seeing. And I was so hesitant because. On this VHS, there's like a an advertisement or promo for like Disney's classic live yeah. actions, and I was and like, and they suck. Like a lot of them kind of suck. I was like, oh man, babe, if we had to watch those, I'm out. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't think I could do it. So I was like, man, this this live action stuff. But this one was actually it was good. Yeah, it was really. I good. liked it. Um, it's underrated mm-hmm. for sure. So if you have a chance to check it out, I definitely would. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's fair. It's very sweet. It's a very sweet film. Yeah, if you're, if you're watching something with kids, absolutely. Yeah. All right. That was... So dear to my heart. Surprising. Yeah. It was, it was a quality, quality watch. It was just the, a The good, short and the... Like, yeah. it wasn't amazing, but it was good. Yeah. I'm glad we watched it. Because yeah. Josh was like, skip it. That's that's how it, that's how he gets us. Yeah. He's just tempering our expectations. I, you think he does it on purpose? Probably. He's he, playing the long he game. He is like, kind of a troll like always. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well... Next up is... We're one closer, guys. <laughs> Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad that has uh, the story of the Headless Horseman yep. in it as well. So that's exciting. What's our short? Our short is... Oh! <gasps> our short is How to Play Football. Fuck it's yeah. a goofy one. Oh, it's exciting. All right, get pumped. Well, that's We can look forward to that. One. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, you guys, so that means next week isn't going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DTB Disney and tell all your friends. Yeah, so we would appreciate subscribe it. to us. But if you don't want to, we get it. Give us a review. Maybe we'll say your name live on air. No, we won't. I don't know. <laughs> we're not live and we're not on air. Stop making promises. 
I know. Do whatever you want, okay? You know, we we appreciate whatever. Whatever you want. But watch So Dear to My Heart. You'll yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. All right, baby. Yeah. You ready? I think so. Okay. Disney is our business. Our business is good. Oh, my God. It gets worse every time. It doesn't. It see ya. It really does. Bye. <laughs>